Welcome to TJ Frog's podcast, where I chat about my knitting, dorset buttons and creativity in general, as well as sharing my love of Scotland, especially the Highlands and Islands. Hello, I'm Tanya, aka TJ Frog, or sometimes called the Button Lady. And in my creative business, I predominantly make and promote the traditional craft of dorset buttons, which dates back to the early 1600s, a cottage industry that employed many people in Dorset on the south coast of England. Brought up in Dorset, I now live on the Isle of Skye, and wherever you may be in the world, welcome and thank you for joining me for my 31st episode, Tentative Steps. I am back again, hi. (laughs) Not quite such a long hiatus as last time. I think I've just managed to sneak the recording of this into the end of July, although the reality is that it's going to go live at the beginning of August. Thank you for all the lovely feedback for the last episode. It was a hard one to get out. (laughs) The website started playing up when I was trying to do the uploads from the recording. And then when I was doing the show notes, I had a new plugin which corrupted part of the site. And I'm a little bit impatient when things like this happen. I think computers are great when they work, but when they're not, they're not so great. (laughs) Got there in the end, though, and it was good to finally get that episode out. I hope, though, that this episode finds you all doing as well as you can be as we start to see some of the lockdown restrictions ease, or should I say not as the case may be, depending on where you live. It's definitely been tentative steps for us here on Sky, getting out and doing new things. and basically just gradually navigating our way through how we do things now because a lot of things are being done differently to how we once knew them and I think it hit me you know when you start having zoom conversations about your trip to the recycling centre (laughs) then you know that life has taken quite a different turn. (laughs) Have you had any of those sort of conversations where you think are we really talking about this? And and then you realise why you're talking about it because it's A, an event. You spent so long not going out the house and now you can go out the house. And of going out the house to do something like that, it's all changed. Uh, certainly for us, it's quite a different trip going to the recycling centre here on Sky. It now involves booking a slot online and only taking certain items because not all of the disposal stations are fully operational yet. And it just feels there's a lot more to think about with this task now, which previously we just took for granted, like so many things that we did previously. It is a step forward, though, one of many that I'm sure we're going to encounter on this bumpy road that we have ahead of us. What have I got for you today, then? I am going to be covering the weather, which has certainly been a lot more unsettled of late. Making, I finished my love note sweater and I love it. Perfect name. I also chat about a new cast on and a couple of other projects that I've been doing. Dorset buttons, only a couple of little points here really to mention because I've still got too many things that are happening in the background that I can't yet bring to you. Local lowdown, I've got an update for you if you're planning on visiting Sky in 2020. And finally, the Sky Showcase. 
I've got something a little bit different for you, which is some sound bites with three Sky businesses who I've previously interviewed. The weather. If you've listened to the interview in my last episode, then you might recall Garrett was talking about a live online presentation he was due to do to the States. And his slot was in the evening because of the time difference. And on that day, all day, we had had thunder rolling around us here in the sound. And there was the odd flash of lightning going on as well. And I had been watching on one of the weather stations as the lightning detector map was showing this band of lightning gradually making its way up the northwest coast. And I'd said to Gant, you know, it is going to be here when when you're due to give your uh, your talk. And that's exactly what happened. Garrett's talk started at the most intense part of the storm for us here. We had thunder, lightning and heavy torrential rain simultaneously right overhead. (laughs) And halfway through Garrett's presentation, we got zapped and had a power surge. And so Garrett lost his connection. And fortunately, you know, it was a great setup they had and someone else was able to step in and and do their presentation until Garrett could get all the communication set back up again and uh, eventually finish off his presentation. The ironic thing, though, was that uh, the session that Garrett was presenting in was called the Power Hour. (laughs) You couldn't have made it up. You, You know, you just couldn't have done. It was just... Yeah, one of those things that the great weather intervened in his uh, moment. And that's what I love about the weather, nature. It's so unpredictable. You can plan everything and still things don't quite go as you plan because the weather intervenes in ways that you hadn't seen would happen. At the start of July, we had a lot of still air and a lot of mugginess. And, you know, that's why we ended up with the storms. It did mean, though, that we ended up with midges in our garden. Yeah, not good because we normally do not get midges. I pride ourselves on the fact that we don't get midges. And I think we had more in that one week at the beginning of the month than we've had the whole time that we've lived here. So incredibly frustrating. And I hope that this isn't a sign of uh, things to come in our little part of Sky. We've had, as I say, a real mixed month of weather. We've had lots of sunshine in between all the the rain and everything has just shot up along the roadsides. And it certainly feels like it's been a month for pinks and purples, orchids, sea pinks. There was the foxgloves that I mentioned last time and they've just been prolific, huge clumps of them. And... Yes, so much bright colour, really, really rich. And even the daisies are looking fabulous this year. Huge, beautiful white petals and beautiful, rich golden centres. And the thistles, well, it seems like the combination has really boosted their growth. The size of the plants in the wilder section of our gardens is immense. They are just stunning. I've never seen such big thistle plants around where we we live here. 
And now all the heather is starting to come out as well, all the different shades of pinks and purples. Very vibrant. And finally, we've got some poppies as well from those seeds that Garrett sowed some time ago that we just thought had been washed away. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful red poppies. Hopefully we will get some more um, wildflowers popping up. Last time I told you how the bracken was just starting to burst out. And since then, that has exploded. We have got swathes and swathes and swathes of it everywhere you look around our headland. And at this time of year, we always see a change in the road sight lines when we're driving because there's just so much vegetation that's uh, sprung up. What's happened, though, is that the council haven't been out trimming the sides of the, the roads. So there's a lot more vegetation just springing over into the, the actual road. So, yeah, you can't see around the corners uh, quite so well. And for tourists who are now visiting, I think it must be harder for them seeing a lot of the road signs as well, because many of those are covered uh, by a lot of vegetation. The last week or so, the weather's really felt a bit mm, at times, <laughs> a lot more unsettled, although still not bad, just not summer. <laughs> I think we were so spoiled here during lockdown. We had the most amazing weather. Now it just feels, yeah, as I say, unsettled is probably the, the right right word. The sun still shines from time to time, but there's been a lot more wetter and duller days. My tomato plants, though, have been a massive success. And whatever the weather's done, they have enjoyed it. And they have just been growing up more and more and more um, in the window space that we've we've got them in in, in our lounge. And uh, yeah, they're just taking over. And I've only got six plants. I knew nothing about tomatoes when I started this. So I asked for three varieties. So I've got two plants of each. And the first crop we had was from the Sun Gold Cherry Tomatoes. And they are delicious. I don't know if you've ever had these. They are so sweet. And I'm actually not a lover of just eating a tomato as a tomato. But I think these must be an exception. Thank you to all of you who put your recipe um, ideas onto my social media feed when I asked about those. We had the first uh, pickings with some shellfish, which was lovely. And the next lot, Garant, um, with his homemade bread and his homemade pesto, we had them. So a lovely bruschetta with some red onion as well and some homegrown basil as well. So amazing. Um, all of which has come from this lockdown period. Making. Well, all of what I just mentioned there really comes into the making section, particularly for, for Garant and the uh, extra cooking that he's been doing during this time. I'd like to say thank you to Nora, who sent in a suggestion for me to help me move forward with the sleeves on my ILA jacket. I was struggling to knit the lace and cable sleeves in the round because the small circumference and constant change of the stitch pattern was causing too many issues for me with my arms and neck. Nora suggested knitting them flat and then sewing them up. What a great suggestion. I hadn't even considered this, but it makes perfect sense. And I haven't started it yet, but I am going to do this. I've just had a few other things on the go. But yeah, definitely going to give this a try. Thank you, Nora. 
As I mentioned at the beginning, I finished my Tin Can Knits Love Note sweater and yeah, love is definitely the word for this. I love it so much. And in fact, it probably explains why there have been so many in my social media feeds because I think there's a lot of love from a lot of other people out there for this uh, particular sweater. In fact, I've decided that I am going to make another one. It just won't have mohair in it. (laughs) I knitted the longer length and when I actually tried it on, I added an extra three inches to the length because that felt right to me for the style that I like to wear. And I think that's what's great about this particular pattern because I've seen so many people do different lengths to suit them and it's so easy to adjust. There isn't any complicated maths to do. I used sash for it as well, which was important to me because I'm trying to (laughs) start making some inroads into my stash, which is quite plentiful. Uh, I used some Rivenets 4-ply Blue Face Leicester, which is in their towpath colourway, which is a beautiful mixture of greens from very dark forest green right through to almost golden yellow greens. And I used with it some Rowan Kid Silk Haze, which is in a beautiful golden colour as well. And I think the two really marry up quite well. I have to thank the Saturday Knit Zoom group that I've been joining from time to time for spurring me on to get this sweater finished. I found myself each week talking about the same pieces of knitting and was just eager to to get on and finish it and also get something else onto my needles. I also had Stephen West envy with this group because many of them were knitting a variety of Stephen West shawls and I do love a Stephen West pattern. And I had a beautiful skein of Hedgehog Fibres lace weight, which I've been waiting for a project to do with this. Having gone through all of the Stephen West patterns, I opted to do the tripartite pattern. It's one of his ingenious designs, which can be worn as more than one different item. It's primarily, I would call it a a waistcoat, but it can also be worn as a shawl. And the best bit about it, it is garter stitch with uh, a small section of yarn overs. And it was just a sort of additional project that I needed. As you know, I love a garter stitch project. And I also think it's showing off the the hand-dyed colours in this Hedgehog Fibres yarn beautifully. Talking of Stephen West, I don't know if you've seen, but Uh, he's just started doing some live webinars and I attended his first Shawl Shapes webinar which was a great introduction into understanding how different shawl shapes are achieved through you know when you're designing them and also he not only went through the different shapes but then talked about some of his designs that he's done in those particular shapes and it was it was a great webinar really enjoyed it and I've now booked to watch his colour play webinar which is later in August and he's going to be chatting there about how he chooses his different colour palettes and again uh, just how different colours mix within his design work. As I said live events not recorded I think it was about £20 and lasted for about an hour and 20 and there was a Q&A there as well. So if that's something you're interested in, then pop over and, and have a look. I certainly uh, really enjoyed it. 
My Raymer stripy cotton top is so nearly finished and I really wanted to get it finished for this uh, episode. I'm on the final sleeve and only have about a dozen rows left to do. And then I'm just going to add a bit more to the the body length again, probably until my yarn runs out because I've, I've got very little left. And that will be good use again of some stash. I'm really feeling then like I'm ready to cast on something new, probably one of those tops that I talked about in the episode last time. Something new for me then is bullet journaling. I've been doing a bullet journal course with Felicity Ford of Knitsonic, otherwise known as Felix. And I have to be honest, I have shied away from doing bullet journals before because the odd glimpses that I've had of it, it looks very detailed. And quite frankly, I couldn't see the point of spending hours and hours doing, yeah, (laughs) it didn't really look my thing. Felix, though, marketed hers as not being about the perfect bullet journal. Oddly enough, it appealed to me, which is quite strange because I am a bit of a perfectionist, although it's something I work hard at these days not to be. Uh, And I have found it fascinating. There are still lots of things I wouldn't do, even with Felix's revised version. But I think what has been a revolution for me is how Felix has put across different ideas of how you can use it to fit you and your work and your creativity and your lifestyle and and just really what you want to gain from your time and how it can help you. For example, um, you know, I I write down my daily to-do list on a bit of paper and I like crossing things out and I like getting rid of that bit of paper at the end of the day. For me, putting a to-do list in a journal that I'm going to keep on the bookshelf for the next few years isn't something that works for me because it it feels like clutter and I like getting rid of that to-do list in the in the bin which again is why I don't do one online I just like that physical action of writing it down and putting it in the rubbish (laughs) the thing I've taken away the most from it is a habit tracker and I kind of think why didn't I ever know about this before why have I not had a habit tracker in my life before (laughs) Who knew that colouring in a square at the end of the day could be such a motivator? (laughs) It's a bit like a kid, you know, getting a star to put up on their chart because they've been good all day. Even my square that uh, I've labelled less than 20 minutes cleaning has seen me attack the cooker in a 20 minutes blitz when normally I'd look at it and think, oh, the cooker still needs cleaning. Oh, it's a huge job. Oh, I haven't got time to do it. And yeah, I I had that 20 minutes blitz and I felt so good afterwards. A, because I just found the energy to do it and B, because suddenly a bit of my cooker was sparkling that I felt was a job that was going to take hours and hours and hours and needed a whole day devoted to it. And yeah, the whole cooker isn't done, but the bit that is made me feel so much better. So yeah, Habit Tracker is is the thing that I'm taking away from this. Stickers, not so much for me. You will see online, you can embellish your bullet journal with so much stamps, washi tape. Uh, but I think, you know, the thing to be aware of is it can get a bit costly. I did buy about half a dozen 
things that appealed to me to just start off with to see whether I would use them or not. I got some ladybird stickers and some ones with yarn and knitting and sewing. Oh, and a glass of wine. <laughs> I didn't see a gin one. I must have a look. Maybe maybe I need to spend some money on a gin one. Washi tape, if you use that, you'll know that there's definitely a path of spending money you can go down on that. For me personally, I won't be buying more stickers or tape. I'm more than happy with coloured pencils, coloured pens and highlighters. You know, that for me is more than enough to get that visual aspect to make the bullet journal work. I do have those some ink stamps, some really lovely frog ink stamps, which have some history to them. Back in the good old days, before mobile phones, and I now know I'm going to divide my audience here, there will be those of you who will remember that one of our main ways of communicating with friends and loved ones when we were apart was letter writing. And there will be those of you who have only ever known the world of mobile phones and social media as the convention for keeping in contact with family and friends. Once upon a time, though, in the days of letter writing, and before Garrett and I were married, we only saw each other at weekends. So we would write, you know, to each other during the week. And over time, Garrett bought and built up a collection of these frog ink stamps. And I would get letters in the post with frogs stamped on them. So romantic, hey? <laughs> well, we still have a tin with all these frog stamps in. And surprisingly, the green ink pad still works. Yeah, that that was um, not expected at all. And I have actually had quite a lot of fun using these because they're all so different. So, you know, you've got the joyful one flying through the air and you've got the serious, studious one and Jeremy Fisher fishing. And yeah, re- really, I've had fun with those. Felix is teaching this bullet journaling course through Teachables with videos and PDF downloads. And there's a weekly Zoom call. I do know that some of you are also doing this because I've seen you on the Zoom calls. If you are interested, then do look out on uh, the Sonic uh, website or social media to see when she's next going to run it. I very much like her approach. It is about taking the bits that work for you and building it into to your lifestyle. Although I will do it very differently to, to Felix, the course content has really focused my mind on planning a system to help me get things done and avoid procrastination <laughs> and also have that visual reminder, which for me is quite good because I, I am a visual person and I'm also very much a pen and paper person. And going back to the habit tracker, one of the other things it's helping me with is sorting out some stuff, boxes of things I've got and yeah, physical stuff. And while I was doing some of this sorting out, I came across a little small cross stitch kit that I had bought many, many moons ago. And I'm talking at least 10 plus years ago. And it's for a little lavender bag. And I decided this would be a great re-entry project back into doing some cross-stitch and embroidery because I've bought a couple of uh, bigger projects earlier this year and I want to get started on those, but I haven't done anything like that for a long time and I'm not quite sure how my eyesight's going to work with them. There's a moral to this uh, story. When you buy a kit, even if you don't intend using it straight away, open it up and check that it contains everything it's supposed to. (laughs) I won't go into all the detail or um, reveal the company, but basically I had the contents 
for the pattern on the front of the kit, but the instructions inside the kit were for a completely different project. (laughs) On the plus side, though, I have ended up with two projects, really, because I think I can work out the one on the front from the photo and I have enough threads left over from past projects that I can actually do the one on the instructions as well. As I say, the the kits, when I looked at it, I think the kit was written about 17 years ago and I bought it at least 10 plus years ago. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lesson learned there. <laughs> I'm happy to say that I've got back into doing a bit of reading since the last episode. And again, the Habit Tracker actually helped me a little bit with this. At Book Club, we were reading Absolution by Caro Ramsey, who's a Scottish crime author. And her stories are all based in Glasgow. For me, it was quite a straightforward read and I did guess who did it. It was her first novel though and I would definitely read more of hers and I understand from some of the other members of the book club who've read them that uh, they are uh, quite a good one to do if you like crime fiction. Finally, I've started a short six-week evening art class with Selena Jane. And you may remember I mentioned Selena earlier this year after I met her at Unravel at Farnham Maltings. Selena is an illustrator, an artist, a printmaker, knitter, and a wonderful, warm, friendly person who just exudes enthusiasm. Selena's generously running the class on a pay as you can basis. And so far, we've done some drawing and watercolours. And I have just loved being immersed in this for a couple of hours each week really stretching myself in something that I've not done for a very long time. Exploring some other creative activities, aside from my knitting and dorset buttons, has been a great thing for me. And I'm certainly working going forward on steps to make sure that I include these, if not every day, then every week, so that I am doing some other things and stretching myself and also doing doing these things that I've wanted to do for a long time that have been sat there because I have the pencils, I have the watercolours. I used to go to a watercolour class many years ago. Yeah, so it's just making that time and doing them because I love doing all these different creative things and it's making that space for them. So yeah, the bullet journal course has really worked for me in lots of ways and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more with it in the future. Dorset buttons. First up then, the Dorset button wall hanging kits. They are finally back in stock for those of you who've been waiting. They've been very popular and yes, I had to uh, wait for some more letters to arrive. (laughs) So uh, they're there on the website. I've also reopened international shipping. There are still some restrictions and delays. I use Royal Mail So what I've done is I've put a link onto my postage page because Royal Mail is continually putting updates to any restrictions or any problems or any delays that they're experiencing. So if you do live out with the UK and you are looking to make a purchase, then it might be worth just clicking on there because just inform you, even if it's going to be like a six week delay, you know that it's still happening, but but there's a little hold up somewhere. So that's there for you if you want to do to to check before you make a purchase. I was due to exhibit at the Glasgow School of Yarn in October. Alas, it is understandably, totally understandably, another event which we've now seen cancelled. 
They have advertised that they will be showcasing the vendors online over the weekend when the event was due to be held. Do keep an eye out for that again, probably through Facebook and Instagram. A new addition to the TJ Frog office is a whiteboard. Now, some of you may be thinking, is this really something that we need to talk about or hear about? Others of you will totally get that you need a whiteboard in your office. I have to say I was that person in the office who used to be in charge of all the whiteboards, used to um, run all the instructor loadings and the in and out. And yeah, I just love a whiteboard. I just think it's such a practical thing to have. And I've gone for quite a large one. All my coloured whiteboard pens have come out the deepest, darkest depths of the drawers. Yeah, really helping me taking steps forward in what I'm doing with my business because I can just have it all there rather than lots of different bits of paper stuck all over the wall to the front and side of of my desk. So that's been a great new addition and something that I've wanted for a very long time and I love it. (laughs) Finally, in this section, I had really hoped that one of my products was going to be here that I could tell you about. It is on the way. The courier has it. I've had the notification. It didn't arrive in time though. If you are a newsletter subscriber, keep an eye out because there will be uh, a post heading your way, hopefully within the next uh, week to 10 days. And that's it for Dorset Buttons at the moment. Too many projects just still tight-lipped about for various reasons. On to the Sky Focus then, starting with the local lowdown. If you're planning a visit to Sky during the remainder of 2020, I thought I would signpost you to a couple of pieces of information that might be helpful. Firstly, there is a new Facebook page which is called What's Open in Sky and Lockhouse. And it's really useful to go into there to find out about restaurants, cafes, shops, just general facilities that are open. And there is also a website which is called My Sky Time. And you'll find out a lot more information on there too of things that are happening on Sky. There are some businesses, cafes, campsites, accommodation, various places that have decided to remain closed for the rest of the season. So it's definitely worth checking out if you are planning a trip here so that you, you know, don't get disappointed if there's somewhere that was on your list that uh, isn't going to be reopening. Lastly, then, today's interviews, (laughs) plural, it's the Sky Showcase. And I have something a little bit different for you because last time I was talking about what I was going to do for this episode, I wasn't quite sure because I was really reluctant to do a Zoom interview. We have had slight easing of rules around meeting up and I knew this meant that there might be a potential for something. It was just kind of working out what. I have got a small microphone that plugs into my phone and I tend to take this with me when I'm travelling and I think I might be doing an interview because it's a lot lighter than my uh, usual microphone that I use set up at home. And I use this little tiny microphone on my phone when I did the interviews in Spain with Di Gilpin. Therefore, I knew it would work outside because Di and I were sat outside. It was just, would it work social distancing? 
in comes the DJ Frog staff, <laughs> pulled in to do some testing with me. And yes, it worked. All good to go then to interview with social distancing and this phone. I felt then as we were beginning to emerge and take a few little tentative steps outside to towards meeting people again, I could uh, see some people and reconnect. And that's what I decided to do, to have a catch up with three wool businesses here on Sky who I've previously interviewed and who have all recently opened up their shops. What I have for you then is three sound bites. They're all just about six, seven minutes. We had a, a very quick socially distanced catch up. There is some background noise in a couple of the interviews because they were conducted outside. I'm sure under the circumstances, though, you will forgive me for that uh, background traffic. First up is Yasmin from Island at the Edge at Edabane, who I first interviewed back in episodes three and four. And then I went back a year later and you can listen in to her again in episode 15. Yasmin is always so bright, so cheerful and a bundle of energy as she strolls around her croft. Have a listen in. Hi Yasmin, it's lovely to see you after all these months. I know, I saw the posh car coming down and thinking, I know that car. The posh it's, car. A human, it's a human being, it's another person other than what I've seen of late. How are you? Are you good? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Good, good. Yeah, you? Great, good. in a super lockdown. <laughs> Well, we had super weather. Well, we did. We did have good weather. And for us, it was quite nice because lambing was a bit of a dream. We had a couple of difficult ones through the night lambs, uh, lost a one. Um, but it was really nice because we could get a bit kip the following day. <laughs> so that in itself was really quite nice. Yeah, you weren't having to get up to open yes. the shop no, and no, uh, take no. visitors out around the croft. Yeah. And... Not good for the bank balance. No. Not good at all. So it's good for the soul. Um, lockdown and I think there's probably a lot of other people have possibly felt that way I do understand that some people have found lockdown very difficult and I'm very empathetic to that but I think we'll have to take it on an individual basis and yes. I for one really did quite enjoy it yes. we also did a bit binge watching TV and Game of Thrones was just amazing <laughs> um, and also Line of Duty so oh yes, we yeah, would not that. have had that opportunity otherwise. Yeah. Now, if you hear me shriek, it's because my darling little puppy um, is teething on my hand. Oh. Wants him to eat the microphone either. <laughs> that would be really good if he didn't do that. Um, so this is Solace, um, and he's the latest addition to our family. Um, and it took us eight months to find him. He's a Tamascan, which is a wolf dog. Uh, so he's Malamute Husky Cross German Shepherd. Okay. And uh, he um, uh, thankfully wasn't, you know, uh, an illegal acquisition during lockdown. <laughs> um, lockdown had just been lifted when we were able to, to go and get him. So he's had a bit of a tough time uh, when he first came to us. Um, he was a litter of 10 and was this little bag of bones. Um, but now I believe he's the biggest and the heaviest in the whole litter. So he weighed in last week at 10.4 kilos. And uh, uh, Sammy, our 13 and a half year old uh, darling little lad, our little working cocker, 
has had this new lease of life <laughs> with a puppy in the house. Yeah. Oh, so when you've not been looking after puppies and watching TV, did you get any knitting or crafting done? I did, I did. I tried to join my friend's Zoom group. I believe she's called Tanya. <laughs> um, and I, tried, I managed to get in one afternoon and that was um, trying to finish off a sock. And thankfully, I managed to get over second sock syndrome and knitted the second sock and went on to knit another pair in my Hebridean five-ply wool. And they're absolutely gorgeous. I'm really happy with that. I also had some Gansey commissions to knit. And um, if you hear funny noises, the dogs, the pigs got the hiccups now. Um, so I'm knitting a Gansey for an American. Uh, we've had to change the pattern, um, but I've managed to incorporate the required changes within the motifs. And uh, managed to cast on another one too. So I get bored easily, so I need to knit different things. Done a couple of hats and various other things. But sometimes you find that, you know, your day, you set out with this idea and then the other idea. It's like when you came down, I said, yeah, I just moved the cows because they decided to discombobulate the fence. <laughs> so these kind of things can happen on a, on a bit of a daily basis. But yeah, all of our wool's in now. We've got our five-ply Hebridean. We've got also our five-ply Cheviot and Blackface, uh, which is absolutely lovely. Perfect for Gansey socks, all that kind of thing. Uh, the double knits in. We are going to do a little bit of colour work, and that is to produce some uh, particular shades that we would like for some project work that we're going to be doing a little bit later on. We're going to do a little bit of natural solar dyeing while we're at it here. So uh, we've opened up. We opened up on the 4th of July. Uh, we're not taking in the bigger tours anymore. We're just taking in the smaller ones. And we've got all covered uh, stuff in place now. I don't wear a mask. I wear a yashmak, um, which means you can still breathe underneath it. And we have hand sanitizers, etc. And we can fit four people in, two sets of two, quite safely within the, the guidelines of a two-meter uh, distance between everyone within the shop. Brilliant. So that's working all right. We've had some customers down and we hope to welcome many more. Yeah, yeah there's a few people out on the road today, but it, it, I mean, I think we've gone from no people to suddenly there's people, but it's still, relatively speaking, very quiet. But hopefully it will, you know, as the, the weeks go on, get a little bit busier and... Uh, and Trevor's been kept out of mischief. He's not knitting these days. He's got himself a wee boat. And he's now doing boat tours, etc. from here. Uh, your friendly uh, captain is dealing with all <laughs> things boats and dolphins and everything else that you can get your uh, customers up to see, close oh, and personal. Excellent. He's pointing at himself and smiling. <laughs> he's just come back from a boat trip and about to go out on another one. So yeah. thank you very much for giving me your time. I no know problem, it was, uh, Tanya. Any time. Very brief, but good to catch up with you. It is. And, uh, it's lovely. And I will see get you down again to see you, I promise. Yes. Okay, take good care. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'm really sorry I didn't get uh, a photo of the puppy, Solace. If you're on Instagram or Facebook, you can pop over to Asmin's feed and you will be able to see a photograph of Solace. Yasmin also mentioned her new wool for her Gamsey work and I did manage a photo of the couple of the Hebridean sheep, which I will put into the show notes. Next up then, we've got Sally of On the Croft at Fernley and Sally was on the podcast in episode six and seven. Sally's a very talented maker and her shop is a delightful mix of her own work and other makers from the community around her. 
listen in to our catch up. Hi, Sally. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to On the Croft, Tanya. Yes, exactly. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> you? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, I was trying to think. I think it was sort of February time when I last came up to your shop it seemed ages ago yeah i can't remember when yes it was a long time when we had our last little chat together. yeah because you know normally i hate this normal word um usually you would open all year round wouldn't yes. you yes, yes. Um, yeah. obviously with lockdown that was not possible um you know you have to be sensible so i've just reopened and um, waiting to see who comes to visit me yes <laughs> There are a few people about, but it's still very quiet, isn't it? Relatively yeah. speaking. Relatively to a normal summer, yes. Yeah. Um, who can blame anybody? Yes. You know, for not wanting to venture too far. Yes. For anyone. Yes. Yeah. Give, give me plenty of time to do lots of crafts. What crafting did you get up to during lockdown then? Mainly spinning. Spinning. I say, that was my default mode. Um, what so should the... I do now? Let's do some more spinning. So I've done plenty of that, and my sheep have just been sheared, so I've still got more fleece to do. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I do a little bit of weaving on the rigid heddle loom now, use my hand-dye balls for that. It comes out really pretty. Oh, excellent. Different. Yeah. And what have you been making with the weaving then? Uh, it's just uh, wraps and scarves, things yeah. like that, keeping it simple, letting, letting the uh, fibre do the talking yes. rather than this design. Yeah. And are they in the shop? They oh, are. Oh, lovely. They are. <laughs> I'll pop in and have a very quick look. <laughs> Face masks at the ready. Of, of course. course. <laughs> it's here on my lap. <laughs> I should say we're sat outside at the moment in Sally's garden, which is beautiful. They've um, done a new area with a, a lovely seating area and it's a sun trap. And we've had some quite weather recently and the sun has just decided to come out today. You brought it with you, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, of yes, course. I, know. <laughs> I came from the sunny south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing I have been doing while I've been in lockdown is making scrubs. Yes, uh, yes. For the hospitals. Um, not me solely, I hasten to add. This is all part of uh, the Sky Community Response Initiative. Um, and they set up a group called Sky Scrubs. Um, I'm not sure of the number of sewers, but I think there was about 30 of right. us. And I know that we've made nearly 600 sets of scrubs wow. over the past few months. That's incredible. Yes, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, I mean, some of them, you know, for the uh, care workers out with the hospitals, we made them from old duvet covers. Yes. So we've had some wonderful, <laughs> wonderful colours. <laughs> and then, of course, Sky Community Response bought the proper fabric for the hospitals. Okay. Um, the final lot we did was for the children's hospital at Inverness. Oh, really? Um, yes, all the staff wanted bright and colourful stuff, so we were back to the old duvets and, <laughs> I don't know, Thomas the Tank yes. engine and anything else we could find for them. Uh, put a good smile on the children's faces, oh, I hope. Oh, that's excellent. The outcome may be, and it's only an idea that's been mooted at the moment, that Sky Community Response may be trying to turn it into a paid occupation for any sewers who want to do it for the hospitals. Yes. The hosp this is the hospitals on the island. Yes, yeah. And they're coming and the care homes, they're coming back to us saying, Can you have can you make more? Yes. Well the initial um, crisis I believe is over. So they're looking to get people this as an only an idea at the moment, but they're looking to get people to 
make them on a professional basis, yes. which would be great to introduce another business yes. into the economy yes. if it ever comes to fruition. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's a good idea anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. that might um, come off. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and any any other crafting or it was the spinning? Yes, that's about it. I've done a, yeah, you know, a little weaving, bit of knitting, bit of knitting. Mm-hmm. as you do, and a little bit of sewing. Yeah. I did try a tapestry weaving that went disastrously wrong. Oh. <laughs> it's in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can go on too long with something. You keep trying, trying, and you have to realise when it's not going yeah. to work. Yeah, not for you. Not for me. No. It's like me and needle felting. Not for me. Even the spinning isn't really for me, but I but I feel maybe I haven't fully explored that one yet. I've not quite given up on it, but okay. one day. Because you did try it, didn't you? Yes, yeah. but yeah, but I think I'd just always rather be knitting. So, mm. well, that's your thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. For me, knitting is something I do occasionally. Yes, um, and I'd rather go back to the spinning. But it, you know, I think no, I've really got to do some knitting now. I want to do some knitting. Yeah, and halfway through, I think, haven't I finished this yet? <laughs> <laughs> So as you emerged then and um, the shop reopening, did you have to do anything sort of different in the shop? Or? Well, not really, because I was prepared. I mean, being open all winter anyway. True. And there's me waiting for the great rush in March, <laughs> April. Oh. And then there was this second week in March or something, and I'm thinking, my turnover's down 90% on last oh. year. I don't, I mean, I'm all ready for the rush. And I'm thinking, no, this is not right. Um, and that's when I realised, this is, I think it's, the week before they announced lockdown, but it was it, the, the bottom had dropped out yes. of the trade anyway, yeah. and, and that's enough to give me an indication of what was happening. Yeah, um, and so I was fully stocked. Yes, with plenty more stock inside to replace it that I've been working all winter on. Yes. So now I'm sitting here thinking, what do I do now? I've got all this stock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, there's been this initial surge the last couple of weeks which which again is still relatively low to what we're used to but I think possibly the season might carry on a bit longer and and especially if you know more and more people realize that perhaps staying in the UK might be a better option this best, year no 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 <laughs> no politics it will, it will be steady I yes. think yes. to a certain extent yes um and I am there ready for it. If it comes, I can't do anything else. No. Yeah, just no. hope that people come. Hopefully they will. And, uh, yeah, I wish you all the, the best with it Thank you. in the future. And uh, I'm sure people will find you. You know, I think um, I think there will be more and more people start to, to venture over here yes. as, as the weeks progress to August and September. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. Things are on an even keel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and people get more used to going in and out of shops as well with the yeah. face coverings on and uh, yes. yes. <laughs> well, I look forward to catching up with you again later in the year. Okay, and, Tanya, thank uh, you. Lovely to see you. Thank you. <laughs> it was really interesting to hear the potential plan for the sewing business there and I'll certainly let you know if there is any more news about this. Finally, we have Kirsty of Schiller's there. I first interviewed Kirsty back in episode nine when Kirsty and Simon had just bought Schiller's there and were embarking on their new business and new journey. And I then caught up 
with Kirsty again in episodes 20 and 21, which were pre and post interviews around them being vendors at their first yarn festival, which was the Sunday Make Wool event part of the Edinburgh Yarn Festival in 2019. Here are catch up. Hi, Kirsty. Hello, Tanya. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah. We last met just before lockdown, didn't we, in Portree? Yes, we did. We did. We had a cuppa and lunch and... We had great plans. Yeah. <laughs> but then the world changed. It did. What did you get up to during lockdown? In lockdown. It seems a long time ago. It's weird because so much has changed even when from changing then. So... As we were just talking about, trying to remember how you felt at the beginning of lockdown is really quite hard because yeah. um, we've metamorphosized since then. But I think initially when everything was raw and at the beginning, I think um, as three, uh, Simon and I own three businesses. So I think we just went into shutdown and panic and emotion and weeping and and worrying about our kids and all sorts of emotions and I think I can remember the first couple of weeks it was all about trying to get your head around um where we could get funding from and and filling in forms for government grants and lots of social media of people saying try this try that and then we didn't meet the criteria so just lots of doomed feelings um the plus side to everything, of course, is living on Sky. We were beyond grateful to be here because yes. it was a beautiful place to be on lockdown and we were grateful for that every day. So I think as a family, we made sure we got out every day and we, with Simon being a yogi and <laughs> believing hugely in uh, immersing yourself in nature, I think that's what we did. We immersed ourselves in nature. We got out um, for lots of walks and... We appreciated all the local dye plants that were nearby um, and really just set, set down roots in sky, really. Um, and I think I initially I felt a bit um, stunned. And there's probably still a bit of that going on, as in not hugely creative. And I suppose there was probably pressure that now was the time to be creative. Yeah, so I think a lot of people felt like that. Didn't yeah. yeah, and then looking on social media, you'd see people doing things and then you were very self-critical about yourself. So I think I went through a lot of that. But then I did get the opportunity. I'd been wanting to do sock yarn for a long time. Um, I had been on a course with Michelle Garcia um, probably about five years ago now, discussing how to do a more variegated, speckledy look on um, yarn, but using only natural dyes. And it was something we touched on then, and it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to explore it, but I'd never had time to. So the sock yarn was great. Usually we work on the cone, um, but the sock yarn that I purchased to dye came in a hundred gram hanks so they all had to be tied before I could dye them <laughs> so that was something I could do while I was with the kids doing their yeah. home education yeah. so I would work alongside them we'd be learning all about photosynthesis <laughs> and, and how to do division which is brilliant because I'd forgotten and so dyeing the sock yarn was something that I it was a really good family project that the kids could get involved in as well and I could prep and re-scheme yes. with them so, yes, yeah, so I did. That's kind of been my legacy of lockdown was the sock yarn and the experimentation that we did there. And it's funny because it's kind of since we've reopened um, just this week, it has been our top seller um, with the customers that Amazing. we've had through the door. Yeah. yeah. So 
um, when there's the second spike, I can get going again because I need to die more now. I think that's it, isn't it? We, we're now at that emerging stage. Yeah, we're emerging. Weird. We're all coming back out of our homes and yeah, yeah. opening up businesses because you've got the, the physical yeah. shop yeah. Um, beautifully painted uh, yeah. orange benches. We've done a lot of DIY around <laughs> the place, but, but that, it's all been stuff that we've been meaning to get to. Yeah. So there's, um, there's been a lot of seeing the positive in it yes. on as well as the anxiety, I guess, and especially coming out. I know everybody on Sky really feels the same. We've been, it's been the case of there has been not a soul around yes. to all of a sudden. And since the 15th of July, since um, B&Bs and hotels could open up their accommodation, the island has just gone boom. It's like yes. an explosion, a yes. jack-in-the-box of, yeah. of tourists. And initially, because you've been trained to stay away, it is really scary, but then you break it down and you have your interaction with customers and it is so lovely to have people back in the the wool shop and bouncing off them and hearing what they think about the yarn and hearing what they're going to make which is so nice and on the online shop you just miss that you do, definitely so yeah. it's really re-inspired me as well um which has really really been a wonderful thing this week brilliant and I've got pies. You've got pies. <laughs> We're doing pies again. Simon the Diamond is now Simon the Pie. Pie Man. So while, make hay while the sun shines, while there are tourists around, um, we're not dying. While the, while the kids are on holiday, we don't usually die anyway. Um, but now, uh, while the tourists are here, we have re-emerged our pie business just to try and make some extra money. Um, I could pretend that it was to offer an extra service to tourists, which it kind of is, but um, selfishly it's to, to make an extra income because we've lost the, the room income. You know, it's been, we had our first guest on Tuesday and I, we were counting back. It's been 10 months since we had a and b wow. to stay, you know, since last October. So um, it's been a huge gap just as we were getting ready for the season obviously we had to shut down so um it's wonderful having guests back in the house as well that's really nice yeah so yeah whatever reason you do the pies for i know that sky folk <laughs> whenever you advertise that pies are going to be done they're like oh, yes we're very lucky we're very lucky we've got lovely customers for sure yeah, yeah. so i'm not got... all vegetarian this time that's the one tweak oh, um but not a problem for me super delicious as well. yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much kirsty for in a quick um, catch up with me thank you and for coming to see you I wish you all the best for the rest of the summer season yeah and uh, see what evolves over the next few weeks and months there's still a few months left I think yeah. it might be a longer season so yes. September's a lovely time to yes. come to Sky as well yeah. so yeah, yeah let's hope thank you thank you Tanya you heard us there mention Simon's pies and what we totally forgot to talk about, what I forgot to ask uh, Kirsty to talk about was the cooking that they did of meals for the vulnerable in the community during lockdown. It was a momentous piece of community work that they were involved in, in helping people in the Safin area. And there was a, a group of them who every week were cooking meals that got put into containers and, and taken out. That's it then, just a taster. <laughs> Still thinking of food. Um, it was a lovely opportunity for me to see Yasmin, Sally and Kirsty as they emerge tentatively from the restrictions that we've been under and they start to form new ways of working. 
all of them eager, excited and looking forward to welcoming visitors back into their space because that's what they're used to. They're used to having people around. It was, albeit, a very brief catch-up with each of them. I hope they all continue to do well despite all the unexpected change to their season and let's hope that uh, the rest of the season is not too bumpy for them. That's it then. A shorter episode, I think, this time. And we just await to see what August brings, both in the weather that we have for the summer here on Sky and how the rest of the world will continue to change and what we can start to do more of or indeed less of (laughs) as the situation fluctuates. I look forward to catching up with you all again next month. In the meantime, you can find the show notes on the website at tjfrog.co.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch, either drop me a line at tanya at tjfrog.co.uk or via the contact page on the website or on Facebook and Instagram as tjfrogsky, Twitter as tjfrogmakes and Ravelry as tjfrog. The music's by Ron Paintant and licensed from Melody Loops and called One Frog for a Prince. Bye for now. Till next time.